Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Marie-Antoinette and Louis XVI. A tale of union, independence, and decline. Marie-Antoinette and Louis XVI were the last to have reigned in Versailles. As with everyone, chance and destiny played a big role in their premature accession to the throne, their lives, and their downfall. Seventeen seventy four, Versailles. It's May 10th, and while spring is radiant, an odd tension has settled in the castle for the past few days. The one they call the Beloved, Louis XV, King of France and Navarre, is dying. A fever appeared a few days earlier when he was out hunting. It's smallpox and there's nothing to be done. The confessor has been called. Extreme unction has been administered. At 4 p.m. on May 10th, the Duke of Bouillon, Grand Chamberlain of France, rushes down to the Oeil de Boeuf Salon. He shouts, the king is dead. Long live the king. The Dauphin, Louis-Auguste, and the Dauphine, Marie-Antoinette, see the courtiers rushing towards them, kneeling before their new monarchs. It's said that the new king said, What a burden! And I haven't been taught anything. It seems to me that the universe is going to fall on me. And that Marie-Antoinette sighed, My God, protect us. We are reigning too young. They are 19 and 18 years old, respectively, and they look terrified. And yet, it was already written for a long time that these two would reign young. It's the result of several events. Louis Auguste, the Duke of Berry, son of the Dauphin of France, is not the first heir when he is born. It's his older brother, the Duke of Burgundy, and it seems to suit everyone. The eldest is charismatic, intelligent, and confident. While Louis Auguste is a shy boy with fragile health, but the Duke of Burgundy has a bad fall and dies at the age of 10. Then, another stroke of fate accelerates the destiny of the Duke of Berry. In 1765, his father, the Dauphin of France, falls ill and dies within 35 days. He was 36 years old, Louis-Auguste was 11, and his grandfather, the king, was 56. So he will reign early. To reign, he needs a wife. The subject began to be discussed in 1766, a year after his father's death. The king had set his sights on the daughter of Marie-Thérèse d'Autriche and François Ier, who ruled over the Holy Roman Empire. Envoys were regularly sent to conduct negotiations. The young bride-to-be was named Marie-Antoinette Joseph Jeanne, Archduchess of Austria. 
At the age of 14, she had her first menstrual cycle, and everything began to accelerate. Marie-Antoinette left Vienna in April 1770 in a procession of 40 carriages for a 20-day journey. In Strasbourg, the bride handover ceremony took place. In the middle of the Rhine, on the Ile de l'Epi, equidistant from the German and French banks, the future Dauphine exchanged her German clothes for French attire. A few days later, Louis-Auguste and Marie-Antoinette met in the heart of the forest of Compiègne. They had only seen each other in portraits and knew very little about each other. She knew he was passionate about watchmaking, locksmithing, and hunting. He knew she loved dance and music. She was said to be mischievous, and he reserved. In truth, they were just children. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. The wedding was celebrated on May 16th, 1770, at the Palace of Versailles. Several days of popular celebrations followed, culminating in a fireworks display planned for May 30th in the Place de la Concorde in Paris then called Place Louis XV. The celebration turned into a nightmare when a fire on Rue Royale caused a panic. 132 people died in a stampede. Louis-Auguste and Marie-Antoinette were overwhelmed and made a donation to the victims. And so began the marriage of the Dauphin and Dauphine. Madame, à votre petit lever, le droit d'entrée est accordé aux grandes dames de la cour. All eyes are on Marie-Antoinette, this foreigner despised by a part of the court. She is called the Austrian. She has trouble adapting to the etiquette of Versailles, which is much more rigid than that of Austria. She's considered too short, with too little bosom. And above all, there is this secret that is no longer a secret to anyone, whispered in all the corridors of Versailles. The Dauphin and Dauphine do not consummate their marriage. It is said that the problem comes from the Dauphin, without knowing whether it is a physical dysfunction or a psychological blockage. For seven years, nothing. It's embarrassing during the four years they are Dauphin and Dauphine, and even more so when they ascend to the throne. Then, finally, one day, things start to unlock. Marie-Antoinette becomes pregnant and gives birth to a girl. Not exactly what was expected. Fortunately, an heir will follow, then another daughter and another son. Louis-Auguste and Marie-Antoinette have fulfilled their roles. But what about their relationship, both of them? For some, the king and queen do not love each other. They share nothing. It is true that their leisure activities differ. The king enjoys hunting parties and the making of keys and locks. The queen likes the theater, both watching and performing. She also enjoys games and salon dances. But it is also said that the spouses share a certain complicity, 
that they support and respect each other as independent individuals. They live each at their own pace, with the king occupied with politics and the queen enjoying the bucolic charm of her life outside of the court at the Trianon estate. It is there that she lives a secret love affair with Count Axel de Fersen, whom she met for the first time in 1774 at the masked ball of the Opéra. He became her lover a few years later, upon his return from an expedition to America. He is a seductive and protective man who worries about the queen when her unpopularity becomes threatening. It is he who, in the midst of the revolution, will organize the escape of the king and queen on June 20th and 21st, 1791. The famous flight to Varennes, named after the city where they were arrested, before being brought back to Paris, imprisoned in the temple, and executed in 1793. On October 16, 1793, after the announcement of her sentence, Marie-Antoinette, who wrote her last letter, addressed to Louis XVI's sister. October 16th, 4.30 in the morning. It is to you, my sister, that I write for the last time. I have just been condemned, not to a shameful death, for such is only for criminals, but to go and rejoin your brother. Like him, innocent, I hope to show the same firmness as he did in his last moments. I am calm as one is when their conscience reproaches them with nothing. I have a deep regret in leaving my poor children. You know that I existed only for them, and you, my good and tender sister. You, who have by your friendship sacrificed everything to be with us. In what a position you are left. Always remember me. I embrace you with all my heart, as well as these poor and dear children. My God, how heartbreaking it is to leave them forever. Farewell, farewell. Thank you for listening to this episode of Love Me, Love Me Not. If you enjoy this podcast, please let others know by giving us a rating and leaving comments on your favorite listening platform.